You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgating, your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, once again coming at you live from the hipster capital of Austin, Texas. And thanks for joining me. We got a great episode this week. It came out a little bit later than uh, previously scheduled. I started a new job and I am crazy busy. Got to uh, pay the bills somehow, I guess. And Thanks to all of you, this podcast is not quite doing it yet, but this episode's going to be great. We have an awesome interview with Natalie Decker, and I'll get to that in a little bit. First, I wanted to start, uh, last week I talked about the best barbecue styles, and that blew up. People seem to like that a lot, and nobody yet has disagreed with me. A lot of the responses I've been getting on Twitter are people from Georgia, which I appreciate a lot because I gave Georgia Barbecue a bit of a hard time last week. And, you know, I was just trying to be honest, just saying Georgia has great food as an entire state. I mean, Chick-fil-A's from there. You can't do better than that. So I appreciate Georgia. I love their food. It's a great state. But I just had to be honest and, you know, say that Georgia doesn't really have much of a, of a barbecue, like significant signature barbecue style. Not like a lot of the other southern states. And, you know, I got some responses. A lot of people from Georgia seem to agree with me. So I appreciate that a whole lot. Got a response from Jacob on Twitter, who used to write for Belly Up Sports. Great, great guy. Wish he wouldn't have left, but, you know, uh, you know, we all got to do what we got to do. And he sent me a picture of the barbecue he got after the podcast. And I don't know if... Has he responded yet? Let's see. Um... Yep, so he sent me a picture of the barbecue that he got after listening to the podcast because every response has been essentially saying I needed barbecue after that 
discussion, which I agreed with 100%. You can't not talk barbecue for more than like 10 minutes without craving some great barbecue. And he sent a picture, and it was, uh, it looks like chopped pork, and I was, it looked like mustard sauce, which I know Georgia does. I don't know if I discussed that enough in the podcast last week, but they do have a mustard sauce. It's just not, it's almost more like what South Carolina does, and it's good. I just wouldn't rank it that high compared to the other amazing styles. And, uh, yeah, he just responded, and he said it is the mustard sauce with a little hint of vinegar, which I know that that's how you make that. You add some vinegar to the mustard-based sauce, which makes it a little bit uh, thinner and adds a little, like, spice and flavor to it. But great, great uh, picture from Jacob. Thanks a lot, Jacob. It, um, definitely appreciate the feedback. And this week is what I wanted to talk about last week in my off-topic subject. Uh, last week I posted on Instagram a picture of the top five NASCAR TV markets of 2019. And that's, I, I took all the data from all the TV markets from Daytona up into uh, the Charlotte, the 600. So that's not including Pocono. I haven't taken the information yet from Pocono, but I doubt it would change this really at all, if any. And the top TV markets for that were number one, Greensboro, North Carolina, number two, Greenville, South Carolina, number three, Richmond, Virginia, number four, Charlotte, North Carolina, and number five, Birmingham, Alabama. Really no surprises there if you've been a NASCAR fan. Those seem to always be the top five TV markets, maybe with uh, Alabama changing out with like Indiana or even or Indianapolis, maybe even like Kansas City or you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma also does pretty good with their NASCAR fan base. But overall, those seem to be the five TV markets for NASCAR consistently. Um, I don't know what there is with uh, if your cities has green in the name. I guess you uh, love NASCAR for some reason. So I was looking at this, and now you know it's interesting that there's a lot of mid-sized uh, or medium-sized cities such as Greenville, North Carolina, and Greenville, South Carolina, at one and two. Not large cities at all, and. I just, for some reason, I was like, this is a good time to talk about um, some underrated middle-sized cities, because me and my wife like to travel a lot. Uh, That's kind of our hobby, as I discussed last week's episode about barbecue, how I've been to all these places and tried these styles. It's because I like to travel a lot, particularly road trips, and the week before that, I believe it was the week before that, maybe that was the fighting episode, so maybe like... Two, three weeks ago, I discussed road trip pro tips. And, um, you know, those are all based on my experiences of traveling a lot. We always take road trips. So, I'm a big fan of smaller cities and also underrated cities. For instance, some of my favorite places are Asheville, North Carolina, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Birmingham, Alabama, and Houston, Texas. And, you know, some of these cities, like... Asheville or Santa Fe, popular tourist destinations. I get that. I just love them. I know they're kind of a tourist trap, but I have family in Asheville, North Carolina. So I've been going there since I was a little kid. I've always loved it. And Santa Fe, New Mexico, I fell in love with because it's a lot like Asheville, North Carolina. If you haven't been to Santa Fe, it's kind of like the the uh, Rocky Mountain version of Asheville, in my opinion. I know you could probably swap that out with some Colorado towns, but 
I, I loved Santa Fe, and so did my wife. That's where I proposed to her. So, you know, we, we really liked that place. Then um, the last city I listed, Houston, Texas, might not make as much sense if you're not from Texas, but Houston is very underrated. And same with uh, Birmingham. You know, Houston is a huge city, but for whatever reason, it doesn't get the credit it deserves, in my opinion. It's one of the most international cities in the U.S., has some of the best food. I know Forbes has ranked it, uh, I think, in 2017 and 2016 as the number one food city in America. So it has a lot going for it. And Birmingham, Alabama has been criminally underrated. Birmingham has its problems, obviously, like most cities, particularly in the Deep South. But it's still a, a really nice city, really affordable. And the amenities that you get for your cost of living is incredible. So I love all those cities that I listed. But something I kind of wanted to focus on just real quick in my off-topic subject this week is underrated smaller cities or underrated mid-sized cities. Starting out number one, which was, I believe, number yeah number two for the uh, TV markets in NASCAR is Greenville, South Carolina, population of 68,000, and that's not metro. These populations are just going to be city. I love Greenville, South Carolina. It's a lovely smaller city. It's, in my opinion, a great size, and it's not far from Charlotte. So you, you can uh, you know drive to Charlotte if you need the big city experience. It's also not that far from Atlanta, Georgia. You can drive to the coast in you know Myrtle Beach and Charleston. Beautiful beaches, really close uh, within a day drive. And I think just if you're off the coast of South Carolina, the rest of the state of South Carolina is overlooked a lot. And you know the rest of the state of South Carolina isn't necessarily much to write home about. And for all my listeners that are from South Carolina, sorry. But let's be honest, you could live in Georgia or North Carolina and get probably better you know, living in those states. But Greenville, South Carolina is awesome, awesome, very underrated. That's why I picked it at my number one underrated city. It, for whatever reason, people don't talk about it. Number one, I love the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, I, I'm more of a mountain person than I am a beach person. So, you know, the cities I pick are going to reflect that. If you're a beach person, my list of most underrated cities might not be for you. That being said, I don't know if it's the distance between Greenville and Asheville, but Greenville, South Carolina, it's weird. Nobody talks about it. You talk about Asheville, North Carolina, and a lot of people, even here in Texas, will have great things to say about it. It's a really fun city to visit. It's in the Appalachian Mountains. It's beautiful. You know, good uh, size. It's just like a smaller size city, and it has a really fun downtown. Well, you know what? Greenville has all of those things, but not as many people talk about it for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it's not as high up in the mountains as Asheville, right? It's kind of like more in the foothills, but one side of the city is the mountains. You're really close to the mountains, so if you want that mountain lifestyle, you just you can live on the western uh, part of that city. And it's a lot of fun downtown. They have the river that went, runs right through there, and they have this like uh, this walkway that kind of goes over these beautiful waterfalls. And then all around that area, they have bars and restaurants and a lot of things to do. People outside walking around. It's a nice weather town. And the cost of living is crazy cheap. I don't know if it's because it's South Carolina and it's not on the coast, but it's really cheap. And like I mentioned before, it's a great distance to uh, – or it's – 
you know, a, a close enough distance to a lot of really fun big cities. So you kind of get all that in one. Not to mention, they love NASCAR. So I love that city. I would definitely consider living there if the uh, opportunity ever arose. And yeah, that's why I ranked it number one for my most underrated smaller city. Number two is Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I don't know if this one is uh, quite as underrated as Greenville, South Carolina, because they have the college, University of Arkansas. But anybody that goes to Arkansas will always brag about how great Fayetteville is. And I feel like a lot of people just kind of brush it off because they're like, you went to school in Arkansas. You know, it's Arkansas. There's not much about Arkansas. Yada, yada, yada. Go to Fayetteville. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arkansas sometime and tell me you don't fall in love with that town. They got Rogers, Bentonville. It's like a really big metro area. Weirdly enough, it's because um, they have a lot of big corporations headquartered out of there. Uh, especially for the size city it is. It's weird how many, you know, Walmart is headquartered there. Uh, Tyson's Chicken, I believe it's Tyson. Uh, and then J.D. Hunt, the trucking company. So they have like some really huge Fortune 500 corporations headquartered out of this place. Or at least the metro area with Bentonville and Rogers. And it they also have a college there. So it's this nice mix of, like, you could get a job and raise a family because they have good schools, really low cost of living, especially for the average income there because of these companies. But also with the college, it adds this, like, fun, young, hip uh, environment, really artsy, a lot of uh, nightlife things, not to mention the outdoor scenery is awesome. It's in the Ozark Mountains. It's beautiful. So I love Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm not, like, an Arkansas Razorbacks fan or anything like that. But I love that town, and, you know, I would never trade graduating from the University of Houston. I'm a huge Cougs. Go Cougs. But looking back, I'm like, I would have considered going to college here. You get the SEC experience in a sweet mountain town. And, yeah, it's a great it's a great place. They have 195,000 as their population, and or 85,000 as their population. And, that, like I said, that's just Fayetteville as the city. The metro is a lot bigger because of those other towns. And yeah, if you ever get the opportunity, I would definitely, definitely recommend checking it out. The rest of Arkansas, sorry if you're a listener from Arkansas, not much else to write home about, in my opinion, about Arkansas once you get outside outside of Northwest Arkansas, because the Ozarks are great. Uh, yeah, check it out. Number three, Huntsville, Alabama. The population, 195,000. 195,000, I guess, I, probably a better way to put that. But Huntsville, Alabama, it's actually a great little city uh, in northern Alabama, right outside uh, kind of, I don't know what they call that mountain range there, because it's kind of like the foothills of the Appalachians just coming down off Chattanooga. And it's really nice. It's just a really nice community. They have the NASA space something there. So clearly, you know, there's some affluent people that live there. It's not just like backwoods Alabama. And nobody ever talks about it. For whatever reason, I've been, you know, to Montgomery and Mobile. I love Birmingham. I didn't include it because I don't really include it as a small city. But, you know, for whatever reason, people don't talk about Huntsville, Alabama. 
and I've been there a few times and loved it. Met a lot of great people there. Went to a, a fraternity party at uh, University of Alabama Huntsville, or UAH, as they call it. And it's a really nice place, good cost of living, higher income, and uh, if you want to, you know, start a family and raise kids, it seems like a really great place to do that. I, I you know, it may, might not have quite of the nightlife um, as Greenville or particularly Fayetteville, but it's just a nice place to go visit, and uh, definitely, definitely an underrated place. Number four, I have Chattanooga, Tennessee at 179,000 for the population. So, uh, you know, fairly large, about the size of Huntsville. And I, I don't know if it's so much underrated. Like, I think people know about Chattanooga, Tennessee. People have talked about it. They have uh, UTC there, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, the mocks or moccasins. But I feel like it's kind of underrated just because of when you think of the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, a lot of people think of, like, Gatlinburg, for vacations and then like Knoxville, Tennessee because of the college and it's larger town. But Chattanooga is really cool. It's, you know, I think it's ranked like number one for biking and it's a great kayaking city because the river runs right through it. And it's just a nice little uh, town. It's got a good cost of living, good uh, average income, and it's in the mountains. So you can't get any better, you know. If you're not going to be in the mountains of North Carolina, the mountains of Tennessee in my opinion, our second best, but beautiful, beautiful, and, um, you know, you could drive to Atlanta, you can go to Asheville, you can go to Huntsville, you can go to Birmingham, you can go to Nashville, you can go to Knoxville, it's actually a pretty nice location, uh, yeah, it's a great, great place, if you love the outdoors, if you're big into biking, or kayaking, or hiking, it's a great place for all that, and, um, I think it's, like I said, I think it's just underrated because other people think of uh, other towns in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. And to wrap up my top five most underrated small cities, probably the most controversial one here, uh, population 176,000, and it is Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's right. I actually decided to leave the South to pick one and you know I might be a bit biased here because if you listen to this podcast you might have heard me talk about this in the past but I have previously lived in Sioux Falls South Dakota at a young age and it was like growing up in the 50s I mean we could ride our bikes anywhere at any time of the day or night and never have to be worried about you know crime or anything like that it's it's like this picturesque place honestly you know it's not like a great nightlife or anything but it is, in my opinion, one of the best places you can possibly raise a family. The cost of living is insane. And, you know, just city population-wise, they have almost 200,000. And, you know, so it's this it's this really great size. You're like four, three and a half to four hours from Minneapolis, uh, similar to like Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Kansas City's a bit further but, you know, you're within a day's drive to some really nice Midwestern big cities. The only downside to Sioux Falls, the reason I could never live there again, is the weather. I mean, honestly, the, the winters are brutal. You have to be from up north to appreciate this place because if you didn't... And when I say up north, I'm not talking like New York or, you know, Connecticut. No. Like, you have to grow up in, like, the Minnesota, like, Great Plains Midwest region to fully comprehend just how cold it gets there. You know, I was visiting my uncle who grew up his whole life in Columbus, Ohio, a big Buckeyes guy, and he 
has lived in Minneapolis for quite some time now. And he even said, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, arguably. I, I would probably argue about Ohio being the most. What he grew, he, you know, he was like, I grew up in cold weather. I know about winters. But he's like, I don't know anything about these kind of winters. Because when you get out into that, that area, the winters just hit you harder than anything you've ever like lived through. So it's almost like a, a sense of pride also to be from there and to be able to survive these winters because you know that nobody else in the country can come to where you live and handle these winters. Uh, my family did for quite some time, but we got the hell out as soon as possible, especially my parents, you know, who grew up in North Carolina. They handled as long as they could, but it is cold as hell there. So if you're from that area, you're used to cold weather. Honestly, Sioux Falls is the place you got to go. No crime. Everybody is like middle class. It's like the poor people there are like lower middle class. The rich people there are like upper middle class. You know, it, it's it's this awesome place. The schools are great. Uh, and everybody, nobody is like stuck up or snobby either. Like even the wealthiest people there will go down to the local bar and, uh, you know, drink a South Dakota martini, which is a Bud Light with olives. And, <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but when you drink these beers in these huge, tall pint glasses or tall mugs they put a bunch of olives in there and uh they float up and down it's really weird but they continuously float up and down and so kind of the joke is like the most exciting thing to do or most exciting thing to see in south dakota is watching your olives float up and down in your beer everybody drives uh snowmobiles or sleds as they call them there you know corvettes harleys harleys are a big thing just because of uh you got the sturgis rally the motorcycle rally on the other side of the state and yeah we're going to talk about snowmobiles actually in the interview with natalie decker but yeah those are my top five most underrated smaller cities i decided i'd keep this one a little bit shorter wouldn't talk about it for like 40 minutes like i did about barbecue but if you haven't been to these places i think you might enjoy checking them out maybe not take a vacation to sioux falls but if, like I said, if you're from up there, you should probably check it out if you're looking for a new place to live. Especially if you're like, if you like me, and uh, you know you've lived in bigger cities and you've lived in smaller cities, and you prefer the smaller city size, you know, the under 200k population, then I think you'd really like any of the five that I listed because they're all really great options. If you're from out west, sorry, I just, I don't know. I guess I haven't spent enough time in smaller cities on the west coast. And if you're from the Northeast, I'm sure there's a lot of great smaller cities in, in the Northeast. I just don't really know about them as much. Uh, I just have spent a lot of time in Southern small cities and Midwest small cities. So that's why I listed those five. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that list. And let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into the whole reason that you're listening to this episode. I had a great conversation with Natalie Decker, one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. No, the nicest person I've ever interviewed. Uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that. Let's get right into it. All right, I'd like to welcome my next guest on, Natalie Decker, a woman who uh, needs no introduction. Uh, thanks for coming on, Natalie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, where are you at right now? I'm currently at my apartment in North Carolina. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, how, is, how is living in North Carolina from somebody who's uh, from Wisconsin? I love it. The weather is so beautiful. It does rain more than it does in Wisconsin here. Oh, really? But 
the storms aren't usually as bad as they are in Wisconsin, but I love it. I've been here for about a little over a year now, and I live down here with my boyfriend, and he's originally from Minnesota, so we both really love <laughs> it down here. Yeah, two Midwesterners down south. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking in North Carolina, last week uh, in my episode, I was kind of ranking the best barbecue styles, and um, knowing that you're from Wisconsin, I won't even bother asking about barbecue because I just don't trust your opinion, but (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite type of food? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Um, I don't know, I'd probably say Watermelon. <laughs> Water- is that even a type of food? Like two weeks. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll count it. I mean, that's kind of a lame answer, especially it from changes, Wisconsin. It, it changes weekly, I would say, okay. or maybe daily. All right, that that's right fair. Right now, I'm eating watermelon. <laughs> I was hoping you would say something like cheese curds or something very Wisconsin. Oh, I love cheese. Well, that's a given. I'm from Wisconsin. Right. So. <laughs> I, I want you to live up to the stereotype, I guess, in my head. Uh, yeah, and for those who may not know, you grew up playing uh, hockey, and your family complete, uh, competed in and owned a track for competitive snowmobiling. That's correct, right? Yes, that okay. is correct. Uh, do you still like do any of those two things? you have time with uh, your busy schedule with racing? I don't remember the last time I legitly played hockey. I went like ice skating with a hockey stick and a hockey puck but we didn't like actually play a game or three on three or anything um that was just like last winter but whenever i have time in the off season in the winter i try to go home and i love to go snowmobiling Um, i'm from wisconsin so i like going riding on the trails i don't race snowmobiles i i wasn't at the race um the snowmobile races this past year but my dad recently sold it, so it was kind of harder for me to make it out there. I, I like think my dad just made it out there. But it was really fun growing up and being able to go and to my dad's racetrack and be a part of it. It made me learn a lot about the racing business, even though it was different from NASCAR and anything I do now. But it's still very similar on the business side, which was really cool. Did you ever consider like getting into competitive snowmobiling or were you always just kind of, I know at a young age you started uh, karting, but were you just always kind of like, no, nah, I want to go like race cars instead? So there's, there's actually a really funny story about it. When I was four, my dad bought me a snowmobile and um, some racing like gear and everything. And he, it, he won the world championship, his racetrack. If you win there, you're a world champion. Right. So 
they were like they were all like hyped up like you know Chuck daughter's Chuck Decker's daughter is gonna be racing and I practiced every day after school and they're they're really slow you know you're only in force they don't go that fast so all you have to do is hold it wide open okay and the start of the race there was about like 20 other sleds and I think that freaked me out or something because I only went about 10 feet and I told my dad I wanted to quit (laughs) that was my snowmobiling career man Um, if there's a video of that we need to see it someday that's all I'm saying I mean, I have a picture. I I have a picture of my dad and I. I still got a trophy for trying to participate in the race, but that's great. Yeah. There's probably a video somewhere. Yeah, some VHS I'm pretty, sure my, I'm pretty sure when my like dad walked back into his office, my grandma was like, "What was that like? A thousand dollars per foot? Like she didn't even race, <laughs> and he was all mad." Oh man. Well, I think you lived up to uh, the hype for your dad at least. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I started liking NASCAR and stock car racing. <laughs> right, definitely, especially after that incident. He was like, "Oh God, well, who did I just race?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you're currently driving in a lot of series. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you competing in trucks, ARCA, K&N, and Trans Am? Yeah, so I'm doing five Trans Am races. Um, I'm doing a lot of truck races. I don't even know how many. And I'm not doing the full season. Right. Um, and then I'm also doing ARCA and K&N, but I'm not doing any more races this year. I did them all at the beginning of the year. Okay. Okay, so I guess with all the those different types, what's your favorite thing to race? Like, what's your favorite race car? Right now, it's definitely the truck series. Yeah. Um, just like what I'm focusing on so it's kind of my favorite right now but I do really love the Trans Am series it's a wonderful series and the team I'm with um he's a friend of my dad's who also raced snowmobiles back in the day nice and they're just really he's like almost my North Carolina dad he also (laughs) lives here with his wife and um it's really cool Um, I'm really close with them so that makes it super fun yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That seems like a really cool transition, actually. Um, so you're enjoying driving those cars? I know it's probably quite a bit different, right? Oh, they're so different. And road racing is just completely different. Um, I like You can't even really compare the two, mm. but it's a fast car, so it's fun. It's really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, some something a lot of people have um, been bringing up. Well, also, you know what? We're talking about race cars. Last episode, actually, I was talking about the W Series, and I know that you made it all the way into, what was it, the final 28 drivers during um, those tryouts? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I was just wondering, like, what was your experience like with open-wheel cars? It was so different. I think I didn't expect it to be how it was. Um, so when I went there, like, my first couple, like, laps out – like a rock hit my helmet and I was just never used to that. I was like, what? Yeah. But it was just so different. And there's, there's just so much downforce involved with those cars. And I just wasn't very knowledgeable about them, but it was fun. I don't know if I would want to be an open wheel racer, but it would be fun (laughs) to do some races every now and then just because they were so cool. And it was so different. Well, not to mention all the pictures you got to take in Spain, right? Yeah, that, that was awesome, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got my wife into racing, and then when she found your Instagram, she was like, oh, now I really like racing. So she's a big fan of <laughs> yeah. your Instagram. She would kill me oh, if I didn't bring you. that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess something that a lot of people have been bringing up this year also is the like the importance of 
artificial grass and installing that at every NASCAR race. And I figured after your unfortunate wreck in Kansas, you might have something to say about that topic because like realistically watching that video, it looks like with artificial grass, you probably would have been fine. Um, right. Don't, do you have anything to say about artificial grass? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would have been fine if it was like it was here in Charlotte. Um, but it was, it just sucked, you know, it was just a racing thing and got the air taken off of me, but I mean, it would be great to have all the tracks have artificial grass, but I know how expensive that stuff is yeah. and <laughs> I can see why they don't all have it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure. But it would be really nice. Um, I've been in a few wrecks and that was actually probably the one that hurt the most. It oh. didn't look like it hurt, but just the way like I hit the grass, I didn't expect it at all to feel like that. Um, but yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. Or even if they just made it all pavement and then painted over it, <laughs> even that just would be nice. Green, like, looked yeah. like nice grass. It yeah. Like grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's actually really interesting to hear that, uh, those grass wrecks. Artificial grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's genius. Actually. I think, I think you should own the racetrack, not your dad. That's what should have happened. <laughs> Yeah, I wish. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last question, because I know, you know, you got to get going. We don't have much time. But very, very important question. One that I'm sure all the listeners uh, really tuned in just to hear this question. Um, I know you're a big cat person. So at the end of the day, are you team dog or team cat? And you can only choose one. I would have to pick dog, but I, oh. I do have a cat. You have, yeah, like, you have a few I cats, own right? A dog, I have a cat, but I'd rather, I think I, I would pick team dog. Oh, okay. My cat, my cat doesn't like to go for walks right. or like right. play. Right. Treats. <laughs> like your cat likes you only when it wants to like you kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. She's really sweet. She's deaf. So that's why I think I like her. Ah. Uh. She likes race cars because she can't hear them. <laughs> But I think I'd have to pick dog. Okay, I think I think that was the popular. Yeah, good pick. I think the audience will like to hear that. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting right next to my dog right now. She's sleeping while we're talking. Everybody loves dogs. That's so true. But thank you so much for coming on, Natalie. And um, I'll, I'll definitely be cheering for you now that you've come on the podcast. And thank I know my you. wife already does, so you have two fans. Oh, yay. We'll tell her I say hi. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. She'll listen to this. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Natalie. Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. As I promised, I would be uh, back on here after that Austin Dillon interview trying to get some bigger name interviews. Uh, and I think, I think I've so far fulfilled that promise. I mean... That was so great to get to talk to Natalie Decker. I know she's been real popular. A lot of people have been talking about her lately. And, uh, you know, all of my doubts, I guess you could say, uh, about Natalie Decker were just completely washed away after that interview because she was, as you could tell in it, she was so sweet, so nice. And um, she was great to have on here. It's, it's kind of weird when you get to interview these drivers. You go in a little bit like, what's going to happen here? You know, um, as you all remember, I'm you know I'm an Austin Dillon fan, and so when I got to interview him in his hauler, not gonna lie, uh, obviously I was nervous, but I was I think most nervous because I'm an Austin Dillon fan, and I was like, man, if he's an asshole, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I know I I talked about this in that episode, but 
it's it's I have that same feeling every with every interview I do. I'm like, what's this person gonna be like? You know, they're a complete asshole. Uh, it's just I can't help it. I'm gonna have an opinion about them in a certain way. And um, I was a little nervous, you know, going into this interview with Natalie also. But the second she started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet, so nice, and yeah, the nicest person I've ever got to interview. And uh, she has converted me into a Natalie Decker fan, honestly. And if you listen to that interview, I don't know how you couldn't be, because uh, just on a personal level, great, great person. And, you know, maybe she'll come on again later. And like I said, I'm going to keep this rolling. We've had Bob Pockris, we've had Austin Dillon, and now Natalie Decker. We're going to get some big-name people on this uh, podcast. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, been supporting us, buying our shirts, following us on Instagram, Twitter, going to Belly Up Sports and supporting us there, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody that uh, has been following and listening, and I can't say that enough starting this new job with how crazy busy I've been. I feel like sleep isn't even an option anymore. I'm up at like 6 a.m. now, something I'm not used to. Uh, so, you know, it, it gets difficult sometimes when you get this crazy busy. But when I see, you know, people rep- responding to me on Twitter and Instagram and showing support, especially when I haven't been able to post as much and do as much as I'd like to normally, it's just really kind of keeps me going and saying this is definitely worth it and this is what I want to do so I just once again want to uh, you know thank Natalie Decker for coming on thank everybody that has come on this podcast not just racers but also uh, other influencers or uh, people with other podcasts thanks everybody for coming on and thanks for the fans for coming on and supporting this uh, podcast I guess just to wrap up the episode, this isn't going to be a long one, so sorry about that. Uh, I know some people might appreciate that. (laughs) Sometimes I talk too much, don't know when to stop. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to be a long one. I'm just going to wrap it up and talk about Pocono. There's, you know, you could say there's a lot to talk about, and also there's not much to talk about. If you follow Jeff Gluck on Twitter, which I'm sure you do if you follow this, if you listen to this podcast... Uh, his results came out for the Pocono race, and only 24% of people said it was a good race, which uh, is the fifth worst race in the last four seasons. That's pretty tough. And uh, the, as his tweet mentions, this snaps a streak of three straight races of 85-plus percent. So 2019 NASCAR has been on a roll, baby. It's been so entertaining, and it's been great. And for all the NASCAR fans, this is like the height right now. We've been enjoying some incredible racing, particularly at tracks that we're not used to seeing great racing at. Pocono seems to be a stain on that reputation. And if you were going to ask me, you know, four or five weeks ago, which race was going to kind of break that tradition or the you know the spell of really incredible races to watch i probably would have picked pocono i'm not gonna lie it's just um i don't know a lot of people have been discussing that we don't need two pocono races and usually i disagree with people talking that you know about those type of things i'm like i don't know we'll see what happens but with pocono it's one track that i'm like you might be right we might only need one race of this a season especially if we can bring on a track like nashville or rockingham the pocono might be uh 
number one or number two on my list to uh, remove one of the two races. And normally, I probably would have said an intermediate track, but with this aero package we have right now, the intermediate tracks have been really entertaining. Texas wasn't incredible by any means this year, but it sure was a lot better than we've seen recently, and it was better than Pocono. So, you know, it's Pocono. We get what we get. I didn't expect much going into this one, so I'm not too distraught about it. You all watched the race. Kyle Busch got another win, another notch in his belt. I mean, he's just doing incredible this season as if he wasn't already doing incredible. Brad Keselowski, number two, another driver that is having an awesome season. Eric Jones at three was really cool to see. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, is Eric Jones the next one out of his ride? He hasn't been producing. And this whole time I've been saying, I don't know what y'all are talking about. He's a young driver, and he looks really talented to me. And, you know, people will say, well, look at the equipment he's in. I don't know. I just don't see any other young up-and-coming driver to replace him because I'm like, yeah, but what happens if you put somebody else in there? Who knows what they're going to do? I think Eric Jones is an incredible driver, and so seeing him finish third was great. Chase Elliott, four, that was awesome, uh, representing for the Chevys. As he usually does, Clint Boyer 5, Denny Hamlin, Joey Gallo, Daniel Suarez getting up there, William Byron, you know, these Chevys are looking competitive. Um, who else do we got? Oh, Eric Amarola finishes out with the top 10. So, you know, not much to see there. Kurt Busch right outside, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Hemrick, he was leading there for a little bit. Obviously, he had to, uh, he had to stop to get fuel, that's why he was in the lead. But, you know, he finished top 15. Good for him, rookie, going for that. I think he'll, you know, I think he'll probably win the rookie of the year battle. I honestly, I, I think he's better than Priest. No offense to Priest. Not saying he's not a great driver. I just think Dan Hemmerks, he's a good driver. And uh, I think we'll continue to see him do well. So, yeah, that was Pocono. Uh, hopefully next week we'll uh, we'll, we'll get some, some better racing over out at Michigan. Normally, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, this package has been really good at intermediate tracks, so I'm staying hopeful. I say next week. That's this week. What am I talking about? This new job's got me all backwards. It's insane. Yeah, the standings right now, obviously, uh, Kyle Busch in the lead, right? He has four wins, just pretty much doing what he did last season, doing, but by himself now. There's no uh, Kevin Harvick doing it this year anymore, so he's in the lead. Joey Logano. At number two, he only has one win, but he's been crushing it with, uh, you know, top fives, top tens, and points. Just been doing really well. Chase Elliott um, started the year out slow with Hendrick and Chevy, but he is in third with one win. Brad Keselowski, who's been, you know, just crushing this season. He's got three wins. He's in fourth. Kevin Harvick, winless. Winless Kevin Harvick, uh, which... I don't think anybody would have suspected based off last year. I'm kind of happy about it. I'm not a huge Kevin Harvick fan, as you already know from listening to this podcast, but he's still somehow in fifth. He's just been, you know, pointing his way into everything. Daniel Hemrick also, uh, or sorry, we were talking about Daniel Hemrick a second ago. Danny Hamlin, Den- Denny Hamlin. God, I cannot already, man, this other job is crushing me. Denny Hamlin, six. Got two wins. Look at him. You know, 2019, he's looking like he's uh, 15 years younger out of nowhere. Martin Truex Jr., three wins. 
uh, at number seven. And then rounding out the top ten is Kurt Busch at eight, Ryan Blaney at nine, and Clint Boyer at ten. But those wins are really locked up in those, in those top drivers. They are just locking them down. If you get one win this season, you're getting multiple wins, it seems like. And that's been one complaint people have had this season. Well, we always see the same guys win each week, and yeah, they're not wrong. But, I mean, it's no worse than last year with Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, you know, each week switching off who was going to win. So it's no worse than that. Uh, it seems like we get some more winners this season. And the lead changes have been a lot better. Pack racing's been better. So overall, I know Pocono wasn't a great race, but 2019 NASCAR, in my opinion, is still going strong. I think we'd need a couple of down weeks to really uh, to really start to question the season. I know not everybody's blown away by it. I understand that, but I, I think it's just it, the product on the track has been a lot better than last year, and I'm staying optimistic. And could Michigan this weekend not be good? Yes, it is Michigan. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say Michigan's going to be an incredible race, but you know what? Based on this aero package, I am so optimistic. Just like I'm optimistic about Kentucky, and I've never said that. So, Pocono, sorry, but 2019's still good, and I'm still optimistic, and hopefully we get to see a couple uh, more drivers get some wins here. I think Ryan Blaney is a guy that we could see win. I'm surprised Kurt Busch hasn't got a win yet. He still looks incredible. So I think there's a couple drivers that are just kind of sitting out there waiting. I know earlier I said I think Austin Dillon's a driver will seek it a win. I still think that's true. When he you know he gets knocked out of the races, uh, and but his his uh, equipment's been looking better, and I think he looks better than ever this year. So if you're an Austin Dillon fan, as I'm sure the uh, you know whatever Austin Dillon fans there are out there, you probably listen to my podcast because you know my feelings towards him. They're saying he's pretty much out of the playoffs now after Pocono because uh, points-wise, there's like almost no way he's getting back in. But I haven't given up hope that I think he actually might sneak a win in here, which is what he does every season to get in the playoffs. So, I'm not giving up hope. Either way, I've been enjoying this season, and I think I'm going to keep enjoying this season. So, once again, want to give a huge shout-out to Natalie Decker, and I can't thank her enough. I know that's like half this podcast is me thanking her, but, you know... She was incredible. So sweet. Very nice. Uh, um, more importantly, thank you to the fans once again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking this out with me. It'll, hopefully only a couple more weeks of this uh, of this no sleep cycle that I'm going through from work. Once I get in the groove of things, we'll be back better than ever. And I will be going to probably three, hopefully three more races this season. At least two more races. At least two more races. So I think each race I go to, I'm going to go to Darlington, hopefully go to Talladega, and probably Texas Motor Speedway again. And hopefully at each one of these, I'll be able to get another interview with another driver because I'm starting to get a lot of these uh, good connections. Also, huge shout-out to Belly Up Sports. They've been helping me out a lot as well. They helped me out with this interview with Natalie Decker. So things seem to be falling in place no matter how uh, worn out or beat out I feel these past couple of weeks it seems like things are just going right so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going on this positive train and uh, yeah hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again next week peace it was straight shot all it took was luck to not get caught
I got a pretty good dang old idea what's going on. I tell you what, man, it'll... Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.